This is Steve Cochran, and this is live from my office. Oh, it's a very special edition. Kevin Matthews is on the show today, my old pal. You know, I was on The Loop the last couple of years. The Loop was alive. I know it existed after that. I'm talking about in the grand days, the talk show days, the sweet spot days. Uh, and we had a lot of fun, but nothing compared to the fun Kev had. Holy cow. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Kev's entire life. But remember, all you new Kev heads listening now, I hope you will subscribe, rate, and review. You can listen to this podcast everywhere you get podcasts, including where you are right now. So subscribe, rate, and review. You'll never miss an episode. Kev will be back as soon as next week, by the way. More on that when you listen to the episode today. Don't forget to check out the show notes. There's details in there on how you can win. Kevin and I play a little game, easy to win. Anybody can win, including you. And don't forget to follow me on social media. Details for that are there as well. It's at Cochran Show on Twitter and Facebook and even LinkedIn. It's Steve Cochran Show on Instagram. All of this, as always, is brought to you by our title sponsor, David Hochberg and Team Hochberg. 855-56-DAVID or 56david.com. So stand by for Kevin Matthews in two chunks. He'll like that I said chunks. Uh, his life story, including the loop uh the the weird massage with de niro and bill murray watching him uh, the love he has for a freight elevator that's his new thing it's pretty cool and we're even going to play that game i mentioned this we play the game did kev do that and you could win yourself an apt gift card keep the email handy it's the cochran show at gmail.com and listen for all the details in the episode all right that's the setup here's the break then we come back with my conversation with kevin matthews part one right after this on live from my office if you're looking to refinance your existing home call team hockberg you trusted local lender doris 78 loaded with debt barely making it financially off her social security and her deceased husband's pension but doris was overwhelmed because her late husband handled the finances she needed help so she called team hockberg for a free consultation team hockberg helped doris pay off her debt with a cash out refinance which helped her afford renovations to make her home safer to live in also helped build an emergency fund and reduced her payments over 800 dollars a month well, that's almost 10 grand a year so let's review. Before calling, Doris was stressed out, struggling to pay her bills. After calling Team Hochberg, she's debt-free, made modifications to safely live in her home, built an emergency fund, and saved almost 10000 bucks a year. That's good news. And that comes from Team Hochberg, where they're help, they, well, look, they've helped thousands of listeners to this podcast uh, throughout the, uh, the old radio days for me. And like Doris... They help rearrange finances, even after the death of somebody you love. But they can't help if you don't call. 855-56-DAVID or go to 56david.com. And tune in to Home Sweet Home Chicago. It's hosted by David Ockberg Saturday mornings, right after House Smarts at 10 on WGN. Homeside Financial is an equal housing lender and MLS number 1124061. This is live from my office, uh, a special edition. Remember when it used to be a special after-school edition, uh, special, uh, a special edition of this special? This is actually special. This is like bigger than a special bachelor. This is Kevin Matthews joining me now on Live from My Office. Hey, buddy. How are you? Steven, Steven, Steven. <laughs> 
last time I saw you was sitting at a radio studio, and we were about to drop into somebody bring us lemonade. We're going to do the old man thing and talk about the way it used to be. So we never yeah. got around to it. Let's do it now. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? The old days are, yeah, that's the past, man. I got so much going on right now. The new days are fun, too. All right, so we're going to do this in reverse order. I want to ask you okay. first about something you're doing right now. And right. for people that love you, all you Kev heads are listening now, uh, stick around for this because we're going to talk about the old days, and we're going to talk about where Kev started, and we're going to talk about why I was always his idol. Um, you know how he tried to pattern his career after me. You know all the all the truth, Kev. Right, all the stuff from the old days. Oh, exactly. Yes, uh, but before we get to that, tell me about a freight elevator in Grand Rapids. Yeah, that's where I live now in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and it's a it's a vibrant, incredible city. Uh, a friend of mine, I had, I have, I wrote a book, and a, I needed a, a great book, by the way. Yeah, thank you very much. It's a it's a really interesting. Yeah, that is a story on itself. I needed a video done, and so I went to uh, a friend that he and his wife they do photography and videos, and they've got a studio right across from Founders Brewery, mm-hmm. and it's this hundred year old building. They've had it for thirty years. That whole neighborhood's all come back. It. Uh, and I went in there and it's a, it's just a great, they've set it up for photography and high def video. And I looked at this freight elevator and I said to Bob, I said, Bob, we should do something in this freight elevator. Cause I'm a big fan of on NPR. If you've ever watched tiny desk. Yeah. It's hilarious. Where, okay. It's musicians. A great concept. It is. It's musicians, all kinds of musicians come and they perform around this tiny desk. Yep. Or if you've um, ever seen Jam in the van, it was this VW microbus in Joshua Tree in the desert and mm-hmm. bands would go in and videotape and they, they would promote their new music. Well, that's, I'm big fans of that. And I looked at this freight elevator and I said, you know, we ought to, we ought to do something. I know some bands and they should really be in here because they deserve a break. You know, it's really hard to get your music. You're not going to get it played on radio. That's gone. Right. And you've got to go to Spotify or whatever. And I, so we did, we, we booked a band and then we shot, it was a, it was a great, our first video was this guy, this elderly man that just did this acapella song and it was beautiful. And then I thought to myself, what do I call this? Mm-hmm. And, and I've always loved anything that has go-go in it. Right, like if right, you watch right, 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 right. In, in, in the 60s, 70s, go-go dancers, go-go boots, surfing, go-go, go-go. I just love that. It means entertainment, music, everything. Right. So I said, okay, I'll get the domain name Elevator or Go-Go. <laughs> and, and, and it caught. People well, like, of course you, it did. It's cool. It's it, a great it, hook. Yeah. It, it's, it's hard to not remember that. Elevator or Go-Go. And so we put our website together. We've, uh, you know, it's, it's such a new company. We've done five videos. What we do is we elevate uh, the way you discover new music and it's really caught. I mean, record labels down in Nashville or just people are in the music industry is starting to catch on to this and it's 
the videos are beautiful and the photography well it's a good hook right because it's a focal point it's it's yeah it's not it's not something you're going to see it's not the traditional look and there's something about the tightness (laughs) yeah but there is something about the tightness of the shot and the history of that elevator it just works on a bunch of levels it really does and 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 i'm you know i i'm having this party it's it's a watch party and i'll tell you about that from this elevator and and so elevator a go-go is really taking off and like i said if we we took a band for example and i'm looking for all kinds of music this is not american idol or the voice i'm looking for the next sid vicious or grandmaster flash or you know, I'm looking for original people. Well, how are you? So how are you? Cool. How are you able to fund it and monetize it? Yeah, do you have to spend your own money on this, or are you doing it some other way? Um, you know, I've got a big announcement, and I'll, in fact, I'll put part two. I'll give you uh, an exclusive now okay, for great. the watch party, and then after the watch party, everybody you can watch this for free. There's no paying, or and then after the watch party, I'll come back and tell you. Uh, the, the big announcement. Perfect. But what is happening is just, it's just happening organically. It's just happening kind of like how my career has always gone. You know, Steve, you, that's interesting because I can remember getting into radio or getting into stand up, or I always thought to myself, the money will come. I never pursued it for money. I knew it would come. I did it out of love. I know that sounds cliche. No, listen, people, dude, I get it. I get it. I know, think you and I have even had that conversation. If you chase yeah. show business, maybe more than anything else, but I think most things, if you just chase the money, you're never oh, you, getting anywhere. Yeah. You're going to run into a wall. Yeah. And you turn into a rat. You know, you just turn into something that no one wants well, to be around. You got to love something. You got to love something. Do it hard. Yeah. Do it well. The money will come. Right. It, it, and I've always done everything. I guess that other cliche, you know, you do something you love, you never work. I love my son, you know, and, and Trevor is a professional musician. He's out in Hollywood. I, you know, what I love about Trevor is he's done everything on his own. And I just have always had a love for music. Yeah. I mean, from day one, I just always had a love for music and I still do. And this is, I love this because it allows me to get back into the arena, you know, and do something different. Just like, like AM 1000 when we were on the loop, yep. it was totally different. It was, we weren't like anybody. Well, so uh, the website, first off, people want to see yeah. it. Where do they go? Okay. Here's what you do. I, we have a great web designer that I've known all my life. He designed my first radio website, Derek Phillips. And we, you go to elevator, Okay, and it's right there. Right, cool. And on, on, now on on Sunday, I I've had a chance to meet some folks in Texas. And Steve, I've always loved Texas music. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Well, a friend of mine. There's a little town called Valentine, Texas, and they he bought some property. It's like ten acres. This is one of the smallest cities in Texas. And for nine years, they've had a little get together. They bring in some barbecue, they made their own stage and they have music and they celebrate Valentine's day from Valentine, Texas. And so what we are doing this Sunday 
at 4.45 p.m. Central Standard Time. Mm-hmm. Central Standard 445 Time. 4.45 Central. Yep, that's, yep, that's Texas time. Mm-hmm. And we are going to start this watch party, and then we go until about 6.08 when the sun starts to set. And we're going to toast the sunset to, you know, to all you people celebrating Valentine's Day from Valentine, Texas, the heart of Texas. Well, how cool is that? Yeah, and I've got musicians. I got singer songwriters from uh, Texas that are great. I, I mean, in, down in Nashville are joining me. These are Grammy award winning singer songwriters, um, and it's all free. I'm hosting it with a friend of mine that he and I met in college. I've done so much radio with him. It just I, well, I mean, it all sounds cool. Are you going to host it from Michigan or from Texas? Yeah, from from the elevator. Uh, from so elevator perfect. So you tie it back to elevator or go-go. Yep, yep. And, I mean, next year we'll actually take a portable elevator to <laughs> Valentine and we'll, we'll, we'll cover it. So, so you know, uh, we're, we're doing it. It's going to be great. And you folks can tune in. All you've got to do is open up Facebook, search Elevator A Go-Go, and then like and follow us, and you're in. You'll watch it for free, and you can share it. You can get together with your friends. And I'm really proud you'll see the elevator. I'll talk more about the elevator. But well, you're I'm telling see- you, dude, I've looked at the website, and I've looked at the look of what you've done so far, and I couldn't be more excited for you. I mean, it oh, looks it looks really great. And the, uh, and the go-go piece of this, you're not lying. When you and I were kids, that was a big thing. That was just a, oh, yeah. a, a cultural touchdown. And in little upstate New York where I grew up, there was an SPCA, you know, saving kitties and dogs. Next to it was this warehouse that they turned into a dance club, and they called yep. it the Doghouse of Go-Go. Every town had one. Yeah, and, and it, you know, it's so retro, and it's so coming back, and, and I, I just love what we're doing. I got a big announcement. And and the big announcement you're going to come back and and tell us about yeah. it after the launch party, yeah, because it's really cool. I mean, it's really really cool. And the people that are getting involved involved in this have the same passion I do, and it's it's just great. It's just love it's it, happening on its own. So. I love it. And 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 at a time where all of us who uh, uh, did okay on radio uh, have to reinvent the wheel, this yeah. is a really cool thing. But you always were an idea guy. But let me back you up for a sec. Trev is doing great out in LA. What's up with Teague? Uh, my daughter, uh, she is unbelievable. She, Teague, who, if you were listening, she was born on the radio yep. and she now has four kids. Um, eight, what, eight, six, five, and one. And she's just uh, an intelligent, great mom. I mean, just, I'm so proud of her. And where are they living? They're all over in, in Michigan and, you know. Okay, so you get to see your grandkids. That's great. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Debbie is she's here and in real estate and we're close to our, you know, in-laws and just family. And I'm really glad it all worked out. You know, well, give I, her a hug. I haven't seen her in years. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, everything is, I'm, I'm blessed, especially during this time. You know, I mean, I've always been blessed, but you know, it's those little things. It's your kids. No, that's a hundred percent. And everybody wants to know how you're doing health wise. I'm telling you the last time I saw yeah. you, you look great. Are you feeling good? Uh, <laughs> 
uh, I feel like I've fallen out of a high speed truck every day. <laughs> How's um, that different than the eighties? I don't know, but I, I, I mean, I feel like somebody, I feel like Joe Pesci down in that Indiana cornfield after he's been beaten. I mean, MS is, you know, uh, it's just wonderful. It's just, and people well, does it go, sap your energy. What does it do to you? Yeah, it does everything. But people look at me and go, oh, you must have the good MS. <laughs> Okay. Um, you know what I mean? But I'll tell you what, I, I have a transfusion. My treatment is a transfusion every two times a year. And I go to the Howenstein center. It's a cancer center. And I'm usually, I'm usually sitting across women who are going through breast cancer or cancer. And I, and I look and I go, this isn't that bad. Right. And, and, and I'm, I'm blessed, you know, but I'm, you've been I'm dealing blessed. with this now for what, 15 years. Uh, yeah. It, I got hit, um, in 2008. Okay. So and, almost 15 years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, science changes and stuff is the prognosis now even better than when you were diagnosed. There's no, there's no cure. It's a, a fatal it's, it, you can live with it. And, and I love talking to, people, young people who are, you know, they just found out they got MS and, sure. you know, I, I want to talk to them because it's, it's not a death march. You know, I knew I really, I, I needed to talk to somebody with MS and I'm sure. glad I did. So, but the, yeah, I, Steve, you know, there are some folks that got MS 20 years ago. They, there was no treatment. There was no medicines. Right. You know, the, the MRI machine is only 30 years old, but now there's, I love what I'm on. And I, I think what's going to happen is they're going to find a cure for Parkinson's right. real soon. And I think what's going to happen is when they do that, there's parallels between Parkinson's and uh, MS. So and, one domino falls and maybe the domino for yeah. MS is right behind it. So right. what's the biggest change it's made in your life other than knocking you on your ass and making you tired? Um, I, I think living, you know, just looking at others, Steve, I have so many because of my book and, mm-hmm. and what I do there. There are people that I know that Mitch Stevens, for example, I've known him since he was 15. He has uh, muscular dystrophy mm-hmm. and he can't talk. He can't move. And yet he's my biggest hope. I love him. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I have people that are so deformed with other diseases or they're the most broken, Steve. So it's amazing. So what you're saying is this is making you appreciate what you have. Getting MS hasn't made you feel sorry for yourself or no, no, not at all. It's woken you up to people who have it worse in ways that you maybe, because you've all listen, dude, we're old enough. Now we can talk to each other like this. You've always had a big heart and whether people know it or not, you're a sweet guy and you've always been a good guy. Um, We all have our moments, but you, you have always been a good guy and to your core you love people so i love yeah. to hear you say ms has helped you understand other people even better and you see now more than ever people who are have it worse off than you do oh yeah yeah and you know i i've been blessed um you know and this book i used yeah, to you hang know, out tell, tell everybody what the book is by the way because you've mentioned well, it. we got to give a title up i i will it, it's, it's just because you know i i've had 
you know, a, a friend of mine who's a priest, he goes, gosh, Kevin, you used to hang out with strippers. Now you hang out with nuns. <laughs> and, <laughs> and what it is, is I, it's a beautiful story. Uh, I, 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 God called me to a dumpster, a filthy dumpster. And I got there and lying next to the dumpster was this statue of the Virgin Mary and she's broken in half. Her hands are missing. She's covered in garbage. And the story is me taking that and having it put back together, having it blessed in miracles that have happened right up until now today from, you know, 2008 to now and broken Mary, the book the rosary broken Mary is known around the world. I mean, hundreds of thousands have downloaded my rose, my rosary apps and they're free. And, and it's amazing journey that I'm on right now. Well, God bless. Uh, and, and, uh, that's one of the reasons you're doing so well too. So broken Mary, you can still buy it wherever books are sold, but for the apps you're talking about and everything, where do people go for that? Okay. You can go to brokenmary.com and I recite the rosary every day for free. And I, you know, I've been doing that. That's been downloaded hundreds of thousands of times. You also got an app over on, on, for if you've got an iPhone, uh, they're doing a documentary on broken Mary. Cool. Um, I just recorded the audio, um, which took me over a year and a half, but that's going to be released. And I'm working with Matthew Kelly and his publishing company. You can get broken Mary, Amazon, anywhere you want to get books. So it's the, no, we're getting ready to release the audio and that's you were on the radio easy. with me no of course it's not you were on the radio uh, with me talking about broken mary a couple of years ago and yeah i'm just i'm proud of you i'm proud of you for doing it thanks thanks it's I, i'm having a blast and you know between that and this elevator a go-go and grandkids and, and stuff like that i'm i'm blessed yeah uh, we both are all right so let me go backwards now uh where'd you grow up i grew up in a uh, just outside Detroit, Pontiac, Michigan. Yeah, sure. That's yeah. That was a nightmare. Um, <laughs> looking back at it, I mean, it was. Oh my goodness! You well, know, tell people, me about your family. Big uh, brothers, sisters. Oh uh, yeah, I have uh, a brother and a twin sister and an older sister, and you know, it was just a pretty rough place. Now that I look back at it, it was a very. I mean, people would go. Uh, you know, they would be afraid to go to Detroit after the riots, whatever. They were always afraid to come into Pontiac. I mean, you know, it's like Pontiac was a pit bull. Detroit was a little poodle. How about that? How about that? That's, that's, that's a visual. Um, (laughs) And were were your parents together? Yeah, they were together. What did your dad do? Uh, my dad worked at GM, uh, GMC. My brother worked at GMC. I was destined to join that, you know, and, and to follow in those shoes. And my mom worked at Pontiac High, and she worked in the office. And, you know, I was told in high school I'd never go to college. I, You know, when I was just, there I was. And I... Uh, Turns out, yeah. Well, it turns out it worked out okay. But before you get to that, uh, your childhood, um, you know, uh, growing up in the '60s, 
and 70s mm-hmm. um you know a different experience but oh, yeah. um uh, happy family life as a kid or or rough or both no. Yeah, real rough, real, real rough, uh, you know, real rough. And, you know, not only was hell happening inside the house, and I'm not wanting to get victimy here, but, you know, also there's this new thing going on. You know, I, I'm watching people, their moms crying because their sons are dying in this place called Vietnam. I watched Kennedy die on television, mm-hmm. Oswald gets shot, Martin Luther King. You know, I hear I'm a little kid watching all this stuff. Um, you know, I, I had, it was, I had two grandfathers and I love this because I had one of my grandfathers who I adore to this day was an Irish cop who, and he and his wife were devoted to the rosary. Okay. I mean, I can remember sitting on his lap Mm-hmm. Being about three, they'd rock and do this thing. Well, I found out they're reciting the rosary every day. Mm-hmm. Then I had another grandfather who was a member of the KKK. <laughs> and so I had a choice and I gravitated towards the peaceful, loving one. Yeah, thank God. And, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, so when I hear everything, what I hear today, culturally and race wise, it was like, I, uh, I learned at a very early, early age, I'll never forget the first uh, black family that moved into Pontiac. And I was about five years old and I'm watching as the fire department's putting the fire out and she's on the porch with her little daughter. And I, I to me, I, I, why are people so mean? Why are they putting her house down? And that's n- never left me. You know, I totally get it. I know. I I I totally get that. Um, You know, I I grew up in a house where my parents met well, but they weren't all that well equipped to be parents. Mm -hmm. And my brother, uh, my older brother uh, Mickey, who you met back in the day, has special needs. And um, my father was a functional alcoholic where, you know, he'd be drunk from Friday night to Sunday night. Then he'd go back to work Monday morning. He'd work all week and rinse and repeat. But that sort of stress and trauma you don't know how bad it is as a kid because that's the life you're living and then you pay those debts down the road and for me i probably hit the wall at about 30 years old um and it comes out in different ways but one of the things that got me through was finding out i was funny and Mm -hmm. and uh you know chasing that to the eventuality beyond the radio and stuff so when did you know you were funny i actually write about this in the first two chapters of Broken Mary, where my parents, if I made my parents, my dad laugh, he wasn't mm-hmm. hitting me. Yep, he wouldn't hit me. And so I could, I always did impressions. Now think, I might be five years old, and I would do an impression. He'd get the neighbors over, and they're smoking and drinking. Kevin, do your, do your President Kennedy. And I would take my shoes off in socks, and I'd be barefoot, and I could walk on my knuckles of my toes imitating John Kennedy. I mean, I was like <laughs> and, and a circus because your gym. dad was laughing, you loved it. Yeah. Yeah, and I knew if I can make them laugh, they're not going to hurt me or hit me. Yeah, and, and, and for me, I had a thing called the Book of 2000 Insults. Okay. And I'm seven years old, and I uh, was reading it. My father heard it. He laughed. He goes, come here. All his buddies are over and they're drinking and playing euchre, you know, because right. it's Tuesday night. Right. Uh, and he had me insult all of his friends. 
I mean, mm-hmm. you know, so I'd, I'd rip off an insult from the book and right. and uh, nail right. his friends, and he'd laugh. That was approval. That was the bonding yeah. we had. It sounds like you had the yeah. same thing. Yeah, and then, you know, I'm going to school. I found out, you know, I, I found out years later I'm dyslexic. So that's how come I, it was hard for me to read, impossible for me to learn math. My schooling was just horrible. And, um, I, 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 it all happened to it all. I, it all worked out. Well, funny gets you through, but there had to be somebody like I had a guidance counselor in high school. Who's one of the main reasons I got through who got you through, who was somebody early on who had nothing to do with show business, who saw your good heart and saw that you were funny and encouraged you. God. Well, there you go. Because what I would do at night, you know, my, there was so much fighting down below and screaming, I just said to God, because here I'm a little Catholic, right? And I don't, I, I don't even know what that is. I, there's this guy named God and he'll protect you. So I'd be up in my bed just saying, God, I want to, you know, I want to go to heaven. You know, that's what got me through. And I mean, that's four years old, Steve. Right. right. And God never abandons us. You know, I let go of his hand long time ago and it's right there to always grab it again so it was it was that it was that and even today before i'm talking to you you know i mean just the miracles that i witness are just beautiful well that's a beautiful thing to hear so who was the first person you noticed on the radio you were outside detroit were you listening to somebody like dick biondi or somebody no i had no desire Purton, i mean no, no, no. If anything, it would be, okay, now we had to move from Pontiac because I and my brother would have been in prison, seriously. Okay. So we moved, we moved to Rochester, Michigan. Now, Rochester, you know, that's where I went to middle school with Madonna. Oh, that's why. Okay, so, yeah, I really did. And so, as and, and things started to settle down. And, and then I got a job at a drugstore at the age of 16. And that's the first time I really started listening to radio because in the back room on Thursday, we'd get inventory and we'd be marking it back there. And the older guys had this big stereo and they would be listening to either ABX or W4. And so I'm hearing all this music out of Detroit and it was all, you know, album rock but see that's interesting to me because for you it was about the music it wasn't about like when i was in high school i used to listen i was in high school in upstate new york i used to listen to landecker through the static on wls but you weren't listening to disc jockeys you were listening to bands i was more about the music and and then i remember i was at the dinner table and i was like a, a junior maybe a sophomore in high school. And my dad said, what do you want to do for a living Mm -hmm. in front of the whole family? And I said, I want to go into radio. And I, I I said that because I knew it would make him mad. Right. And he just, he got real mad and wanted to disown me because he wanted me to go work at the, on the line at the, at GMC. Sure. And, and I, then I pursued it. I didn't, I, I followed this girl. I was working at the drugstore. She, her name was Dawn. She was so beautiful. And she went to Grand Valley. So you went to Grand Valley. I, I, I decided I'll stalk her. <laughs> and I went to Grand Valley. And then she dropped out and went to Ferris. So here I'm in, in Grand Valley. And that's how I met Deb. And that's how I got involved in the student run radio station, which... 
the, the college eventually took it away and so did the FCC. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. If you're refinancing your existing home, do what I did when I needed to refi. I called Team Hochberg, a trusted local lender. Don wanted to refinance his 3.75% loan. He heard thousands of Team Hochberg ads. So he called Team Hochberg, right? Naturally. What? I'm being told that's not right. Wrong. Don called his current lender, who quoted a low rate with a closing cost of $3,400. Well, Don thought those costs were high, and he was right, so he called Team Hochberg. Should have done that in the first place. David explained to Don how his current lender was overcharging him. He helped him secure the same low rate and half the closing costs. So let's review. Don's current lender tried drilling him with excessive closing costs. Team Hochberg helped Don do the exact same rate and half the closing costs. Team Hochberg helped me and thousands of listeners, and like Don, Doing things like securing low rates and low closing costs and saving stress in your life? Well, David Hochberg's there, and he just wants to save you a little money. 855-56-DAVID or 56david.com. That number again is 855-563-2843 or 56david.com for Homeside Financial and Equalizing Lender, NMLS number 1124061. I was doing mornings, and back then, Steve, nobody had iPhones. You had a clock radio, and you, you set it at 6 to get up to your classes. You had to get wake up. Well, I'd get I'd be hungover and late. I wouldn't get there until like six thirty five, and so I would just turn on the transmitter, turn on an album, and back sell it, and say to people what they have missed. You know, hey, we had a great interview about twenty minutes ago. <laughs> you know, and because everybody's late now. Yeah. And then one time, you know, it was we were such a menace on campus. I I didn't want people to go to class so i got up and i said that the president of the campus aaron lubbers our president of grand valley was murdered overnight oh my god and, and oh my i said god. i said the entire campus is closed down it's a crime scene no classes today well okay that's it they took they closed the station down the fcc took the license away and it became a hair salon so you literally turned your college radio station into a hair salon yeah and yeah it, it, <laughs> they took it away and and they, they end the whole campus is a crime scene you know people are you kidding he died he was murdered i said his body parts are all over the place oh my just God. no classes I thought it was a great bit. I'm surprised. You know, I'm surprised our friends Jimmy DeCastro and Larry Word didn't hire you on the spot. Uh, I think they they did. So know? so you end up going through Grand. You had a great run in Grand Rapids. You go to yeah. St. Louis. I ended up replacing you in St. Louis. Well, you went off to the Loop. Now, yeah, you're doing bits for Stephen Gary, and right. then you get hired at the Loop. So right. you didn't have any frat hazing and stuff. But l- let me just say, for people that don't understand, it's a very competitive time in the business, and and personalities are what they are. Um, and um, I, it wasn't the friendliest place in the world by the time I got there the last few years of the loop. But what was it like for you when you got there? Okay, so remember, okay, I got I, I went to school here, Grand Valley. I said the president was dead and then i got hired at a station in grand rapids Mm -hmm. where i met my mentor ed buchanan who 
turned me on to all that stuff in Texas. And he's just a, he was a hippie man. And he, I, to this day we worked, I loved him and we lost him about four years ago, but I got to do the morning show here. And this is before the loop, you know, this is 19, uh, like 82, 83, Steve, I owned this city because it was so different. Mm-hmm. We had a 68 share. Yeah. I Think don't about about it. 60, 68% of the entire city <laughs> right, is listening right, to this right, morning right. show. So then I got tempted and was hired to St. Louis. New management came in. I, I got out of town. I couldn't wait to get off the runway and, mm-hmm. and I, Jimmy DeCastro, Steve and Gary, I was sending tapes up to Steve Dahl and I, I was so bored. I could do Ronald Reagan really well. And I was just sending him stuff just to do it. And, and he told Jimmy DeCastro and Greg Salk. And so I, I got offered, but I turned them down twice. I just wanted to go back to Grand Rapids. I don't want to go to Chicago. I want to go to Grand Rapids. Well, Jimmy DeCastro gave us first class airfare, picked us up a limo at O'Hare, drove us down to the Hancock building. Within an hour, I'm signing on a cocktail napkin at the Palm, and the rest is history. Yeah, and and, and people could never really wrap their heads around this unless you have you, you've met Jimmy. But Jimmy's a human tornado, and he's a mm-hmm. very hard guy to say no to. Uh, and and Larry Wirt, his partner in crime for all those years, yeah. uh, was the perfect yin and yang. You know, for uh-huh. those two guys to get things done. So you signed this deal, which I've again. Tell me if I'm right about this. You did overnights originally, didn't you? Yeah, Greg Salk. Because we remember, folks, it was just the FM, and so you had Patty Hayes, you had a lot of folks, and so Greg Salk, the young Greg Salk, he said, "I'll put you on overnights, and just you know, that's your. We can kind of just." see how it runs, which I really, I'm glad, you know, because I mean, and I got to hone things in and I got comfortable. Yeah, you got to and work then, on the show. Yeah. And then things, just, oh, then Jimmy, they decide we're going to buy an AM. Nobody listens to AM in Chicago. Everybody's listening to FM. Jimmy, he, he starts AM 1000. He brings me, Brandmeier, Steve, Gary, Kopic, uh, Larry King at that time. You know, he brings them all over to the AM station, which now you've got all these young kids going, oh, I'm not listening to FM anymore. We all went over to AM, yeah. and it's a, a 50,000 watt AM station, which I got into 32 states in Canada. Right. It was a muscle car. Right. <laughs> Another great visual. So you did, you did overnights for a short period of time, and then you end up getting middays, right? Yeah, because, you know, it was Johnny in the morning. I did middays, Steve and Gary, and then Copic, and then here's Phil Jackson and that new kid, right? Uh, Michael Jordan, and we got that. And so now, all of a sudden, it was the perfect storm. I mean, it was just, it was culturally just bubbling up. Well, we and- were talking about this off the air. The Loop uh, as a radio station is you know uh, not dissimilar to the impact the bulls had so the last dance sort of vibe yeah. uh, for that whole era and you guys were rock stars i mean you know, i remember Brammeyer was selling out 
uh, uh, Poplar, you know, Creek. Poplar Creek and 20,000 right. <laughs> seat theaters and everywhere you went. Yep. There were people, the Loop had its own store. Yeah, I, uh, we, Jimmy said it best to Castro, we're a high school with money. Yeah. And then, don't forget, Jimmy decides, I'm going to go out and start a station out in California, uh, which he did, the beat, and that brought in Larry Wirt. Yep. And it was just a magical time. I mean, uh, everybody listened to that station 20 we had 10 million people listening yep. a week yep it was it was crazy so uh brandmeyer i mean you, you already knew doll but brandmeyer and doll and gary to a lesser degree uh did they welcome you or were they threatened by you um i think if anything it was kind of like if you know you were a chicago bull and a new player came around we'll see what you can do on the court right which is fair okay. by the way well, yeah, that's the way it should be. And I create, I did come in from St. Louis, and the first time I ever went on the on the loop, I did, actually did something with Steve and Gary. I went in the production room and called him as Ron Reagan. I made Steve pee his pants, oh. and that's I knew that if Steve wets himself. <laughs> That's a good sign. I've done that three times. There's a so lot of then, there's a lot of ways you know your success in business. I don't know what right. uh, Jeff Bezos oh. is, but making Steve pee his pants was a marker. Yeah, because Steve has the best laugh. Yeah, he and does. It's just it, and I that was my goal. Make him pee his pants. Okay, now uh, Johnny, Johnny's doing. He's opening up there. It's the uh, Hard Rock Cafe on Ohio's opening up. Okay. And so Johnny's there to do his morning show. Johnny has everybody there, including Jimi Hendrix's dad, during the live broadcast. And so I got invited to go over there, and Johnny took a break. And Jimmy Weiser, who's his producer, said, Okay, do something. You know, and so I got up and I did some stand up. And I just said, Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Kev. I'm new. You know, you get some applause because. They endorsed you a little bit, but now it's do or die. And but I was doing stand up, you know. And I said, "Had, I you, wanted, had you done it before?" Oh my god, yeah, because I I had to do it in St. Louis. I had to do it. Okay, got it, Rapid. got it, got it, got it. So it wasn't like you that walked was, up first time. So you 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 blow that room away, and now you're welcome. Well, here's what happened: was it was like I was you know raging bull. I had done stand up in places that were like the Roman Coliseum. Mm -hmm. If they smelt blood, you're dead. Yeah, of course. So I I knew, I said, I want to do my impression of Sammy Davis Jr. with rabies. (laughs) And and I I turn around, it kills. I have these fake glasses. And and Billy Crystal was doing Sammy on Saturday Night Live, but it it pissed me off because it was like, uh, man, I've been doing that too, and I can do it better. I just did it at such an extreme. It'll be Sammy with rabies. So things start to blow up for you. You have people coming into town. You're doing the perfect time of day where, you know, guys like Joe Walsh, who uh, maybe don't want to get up and do Johnny's show because it's too early. They're coming in. Well, he became one of your good friends. Big time. I, I, I am so proud of Joe that he's living. And, you know, but I mean, yes. And, and that was just the, the thing. What I loved about it, Johnny had his style. I had my style, Steve and Gary. So it was just, I was a great, I set the table for Steve and Gary. Steve and Gary set the table for Chet Kopic mm-hmm. and the Chicago Bulls. And, you know, it was just, 
really great. You just, you didn't know what to expect. I know that's cool. And radio stations were sending people out to O'Hare, get a hotel room and write down everything we were doing. Yep. So there are so many radio stations to this day that are doing things. That's how come I got so bored with radio is we, we did this. You know, a long time. Well, there's ago. nothing. Yeah, the radio now is is unrecognizable. No. But but the, then, br- yeah. br- the brilliance of Jimmy and Larry, where they yeah. loved talent, they respected talent, they gave you the room to work, right? And they put out the fires when you started them, whether you intended to start them or not. As a matter of fact, oh, no, we we you and I are, you, you and yeah. I are going to play a game called "Hey, did Kev do that?" Uh, before I hang up with you, I've got some okay. things that actually happened at the loop, and uh, we'll give okay. some stuff away. But in the meantime. Uh, you're rolling. It's late 80s. It's into the early 90s. You think it's never going to end. Um, yeah. You know, the Beatles break up because of Yoko. Uh, how did you guys all stay together? How did they keep that together? Is that a Jimmy DeCastro, Larry Wirt thing? Or did you guys r- really realize what you had and didn't want to ruin it? Because you're all making a ton of money. There's booze. There's drugs. There's women. There's a lot of problems that could have blown up. And somehow you kept the lid on it for years. Uh, yeah, but you got to remember, Larry's out, or Jimmy's out in L.A. now. Yeah. So Larry's in charge, and everything is going well. And then Steve and Gary break up. You right, know, and, right, right. Uh-oh, all of a sudden, Keith Richards is no longer playing with the Stones. All right, so let me throw a few names at you because I don't know sure. who you cross paths with or not, but in the 80s and 90s, there were no better personalities in radio anywhere than in Chicago. So uh, let me start with the older guys, Larry Lujak. Do you have any, you have any time with Lujak? Yes, and I, I, I loved Larry because he, I loved how he pissed off management. Right. And then I started on, when I was at ABC, Jim Shorts and I, we started to do animal stories <laughs> and I could impersonate Larry and we got the music and they sounded great, but our animal stories, everybody involved were killed by the animals. <laughs> they were the most violent animal <laughs> stories. And I know Larry liked that and I still have those. And I, that was the best and it was all improv. It was just the best. So yes, Larry was, I really liked Larry. Well, what was, about um, uh, Fred Winston? He was another huge star back then. Fred, I didn't really know. Fred or Landecker, I really didn't know. The guy that is in I'm I, was Wolfman Jack. I reached out to Wolfman you because did. I loved Yeah, because I loved Wolfman. He did radio over across the Mexican border, and they would just party and eat goats and play rock and roll. And I'm in his biography. Oh, I, I just know that. loved Wolfman. I loved Wolfman because I he was like my big brother and I thanked him and we became friends and then he passed away. Well see I was and I was a fan of those seventies disc jockeys when I was yeah. a kid because they could do more with ten seconds than yeah. uh, you know entertainers on TV and different other places could do with right. ten writers. And Wolfman right. was one of those guys. Um, yep. So that's cool. I, I didn't know you knew Wolfman. Um, yep. And then there was this crazy time in the mid 80s to the early 90s where, uh, you know, every station in town had a huge morning show. But right. again, getting back to what I said before, the loop had four or five of them. So when all that was going on, you must have been getting offers. I, you know, I was at GN for all those years. Didn't GN try to bring you over at some point? 
Yeah, actually, I became friends with Bob Collins. Mm -hmm. Not an easy thing to do. God rest his soul. we, We really hit it off. And Bob was grooming the station for me to take over his position. How about that? And, and I, and then of course he, he dies and, but yes, I had an offer, I a big offer and I just said, no, I had to, you know, I'm in a loop, man, I got to stay with the loop. Well, and the thing is that that it goes back to something else you said earlier, and that is uh, not knowing what you're going to get every day, always being surprised. Part of the brilliance of Kevin Matthews, ADD or whatever was going on mm-hmm. in that circus between your ears was you didn't know what was coming up either. Uh, and every day was a new show. Yeah. You never could get bored listening to you. And that's one of the reasons I think you were such a big hit. Yeah. And that's how come going back what we're doing Sunday with this elevator, a go-go, you know, it, I, it, it's like driving a really fast motorcycle and I could spill and die any minute. There's some, there's some musicians I've got that I respect. And so I've got that fear back, you know, when you become real comfortable or you get bored on the radio, that's the time. Yeah. You get out. Leave. yeah. And, and that's what I did, you know, for so long on in Chicago. I love Chicago. The biggest part of me in Chicago, my success was the audience. We did everything together. We partied together. We had babies together. We graduated. We went to funerals. We lived all together and I was reachable. All right. So let's play a little bit of what I'm calling. Hey, did Kev do that? It's called Hey, did Kev do that? I have apt gift cards. Here's where we'll do this. My email is thecochranshow at gmail.com. All you have to do is be one of the first five people. Email me one of the first five emails that says, hey, I heard Kev play. Hey, did Kev do that? And throw your address in there, and I'll send you a gift card. So I'm going to tell you something that actually happened when you were at the loop or I was at the loop with you, but things that actually happened at the loop. And you tell me if you did it or if somebody else on the station did all right okay Okay. all right at the station golf outing seika the famous adult film star was was nude (laughs) was nude on a tee box exchanging clothes with one of the station's managers at three o'clock when the kids got home from school and prompted neighbors to call the police did kev do that yeah uh, yeah, I got kicked out of Oak Brook twice. I got kicked out of 10 outings in 10 years. The kids had their heads over the fence. Yep. It was a very Rockwell moment. We had, we all had our moments with monetary events, uh, <laughs> you know, throwing coins and in toll. Bi- yeah, we all got involved in money laundering all right so speaking of money um who hit golf balls at streetlights to try to break them with their boss to negotiate their new contract did kev do that Uh, that, yeah that was me i was negotiating my contract with larry word we were up at bears camp and we were drunk outside and hitting lamps and but I also, that same weekend, I got kicked out of camp. Mike Ditka threw us out. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, because I had women in brides dresses because a Rodman was in town, and they were hitting they were hitting his football sleds. And Tom Thayer and Butthead, I mean, it was all of a sudden, Bears camps, upside down. Ditka comes out, and he's swearing at me, and he runs me right off. And I wow. could never go. Wisconsin again and Mike and I are still friends 
That's too funny. Uh, was that, by the way, the golf thing, was that the same time that you guys were hitting drivers at the hotel to wake up guests, or was that a different time? No, that was another. That's when Seika was at, at, at Oak Brook. Oh, I, so was golfing, I was golfing with uh, Keith Magnuson, and there was this fat guy with hardly any clothes up on nine, and I took my three-wood and hit the eighth floor window and shattered wow. it. And I thought yeah. you couldn't play golf. Very impressive. I, I couldn't, but it was really, that was my shot. And I just, I, you know, that was my Tiger Woods moment. I just put my club away and said, never again. All right. So how about when the Singapore gum chewer got caned? Who hired a master caner to come in and whip him on the air? <laughs> Danny Bonaduce. Danny That's exactly right. <laughs> and I'm talking about welts and blood. Oh, man. Blood. Danny I, I had so much stuff happen to me with Danny. He was, we had a party, a client party up on top of the Hancock building and Danny just had enough cocktails. He pulls his pants down and exposes himself. <laughs> I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. There's Larry, a, there's a Larry good. had to put that, Larry had to put that fire. Sure, of course and he that did. was a big one. There's a there's another time where Danny kissed a listener's great Dane and the dog bit his face, face ended up yeah. with stitches bleeding all yeah. over the loop. <laughs> yep. And Danny used to take his car and he'd take listeners in his car and then drive around the circle driveway at the Hancock building as fast as he could and he would broadcast it. Can you imagine the liability if he would have killed a listener? And that and that parking ramp for anybody that's not been in it is yeah. is just an accident waiting to happen at five miles yeah. an hour, let alone going as fast as you can. Right, right. And so, Larry had a checkbook, and he would just i i got a i got a fine, an FCC fine once because I talked. Some people were at a funeral, and they said, "Kevin, we don't want to be here. Can you call in sick?" So I called the funeral home. I had him paged. They left. Well, the undertaker got mad that I didn't put him on the air or tell him. And so that cost $5,000. <laughs> and so we paid it. And I said to Greg Salk and Larry Ward, well, why can't I run that again on best of since we paid for it? That seems Makes logical. Me, doesn't it? seems totally <laughs> logical. Yeah. All right. So let me ask you about a few friends through the years before we run out of time here. We talked about Joe Walsh. Uh, what about Kevin Butler? Butthead was one of your best pals. Butthead was really, yeah, Butthead was my little buddy. Yeah, and I, wow. And, and and by the way, if I have this story right, didn't Butthead challenge you guys to kick field goals at Soldier Field in a $100 bet? Wasn't that a 25-yarder or something? We did so much with <laughs> I know, you can't be expected Steve to remember McMichael. all of it. No, they, they got Tom Thayer, Steve McMichael, Butthead and their wives came up, duct taped me to my chair, cut my clothes off, put lipstick all over my face, and wheeled me down on the street level of uh, you know Michigan Avenue and left me there. It was. It, I, I, uh, uh, um, I'm trying to think of the other regular guests. Uh, we were talking a little bit about this guy off the year, but a really popular comedian back in the day, the amazing Jonathan. Um, yeah. He seemed dangerous to me. Was he legitimately dangerous? Yeah, Jonathan and I. I did so many shows with Jonathan, and I love him. And you know, another guy that I did so many shows with. And I'm really hurt that I wasn't asked to be part of his documentary. It was Bill Hicks. Because <laughs> yeah, um, Bill yeah. Hicks went nuts on one of your fans. Oh, yeah. Somebody yelled Freebird at a show. <laughs> right, and right. Bill, and you, can, you can actually hear that on YouTube. 
But, you know, Bill, when Bill got censored from David Letterman and Bill went in, taped it, and they cut it all out, that devastated Bill. And Bill called me the next morning and he talked about it. I mean, I, I used to do so many shows with Bill, and I love him, and he died so young of pancreatic cancer. Yeah, it's a shame because uh, he was one of the greats and an acquired taste, but, and a lot of people didn't have time to acquire it, but a really brilliant yeah. guy. What about the time Mayor Daly did naked karaoke with uh, someone? Was that you? No. No, you know why? Because I made that up. That's the one thing that didn't happen at the loop. Uh, okay. So that, that actually never happened. Uh, who else? Who were the regular? You know, we talked about Joe Walsh. Give me one or two other uh, folks that were celebs that came through that became your friends. Um. You know, you know who I'm, I'm. We're doing this thing on Valentine's Day. Kinky Friedman. Oh, that's right. Kinky, Kinky would always call up, or Frank Zappa would talk about Texas. Up. Kinky Friedman. Yeah, just always. Um, you know, it was Bill Murray yep. for the longest time. Would just call and we'd play softball, or he invited me on set. They were closing the movie he was in with Robert De Niro, and I'm in his trailer, and he goes, you look really tense. And he has this Japanese girl give me a massage, <laughs> and all of a sudden, I'm getting a massage. I feel so embarrassed. Robert De Niro walks in. And Bill goes, Bob, Kevin, Kevin, Bob, and De Niro just looks at me like, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Hey, yeah, hey, how yeah, are you? How are yeah, you? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I do so many stories. And I want to ask you about one of your closest friends uh, through all these years, a guy who really had, couldn't have done the show you know, without him, was Jim Shorts. How's Jimmy? Jimmy's great. He owns a casino now <laughs> up in the UP off Beaver Island. Really? And yeah, you can, he's got, you know, everybody's into medical marijuana. Yeah. Jim's the first to actually launch medical meth. <laughs> So, and he, he actually did really well. He called Brady to win the Super Bowl and told everybody to take the under. He's been doing a lot of animation projects with uh, Larry Wirt still to this day. Jim and Larry are very close. Yeah. Well, they borrow each other's clothes. Yep. Yeah. Well, I don't know person. about that. Larry is still, damn, that guy always looks good. Well, you haven't seen him lately. Uh, mm-hmm. No, yeah, of course he does. Uh, but all of this in summation just makes me feel so good that people could hear your voice, hear a bunch of stuff and stories maybe they hadn't heard before, but hear how great you're doing. And I want to make sure yeah. we get these plugs in. Oh, one other thing about the loop, too. I know I'm jumping around here, but uh, there's a guy we didn't mention who, for my money, was crucial. And nothing great at the loop happens without Matt Bisbee. You agree with that? Oh yeah, Matt was our production guy. Matt, you know he it, he was the one that worked. He just it was great. He was an unbelievable production. Still is. Yeah, great talent and one of the smartest guys you'd ever meet in radio. Um, all right, so let's get these plugs right. Tell people again where they can get the book and the title of the book. The book is going to be. It's available. The audio book is coming. It's called Broken Mary: A Journey of Hope. You can get it at Amazon. Dynamic Catholic, any place you buy books, Broken Mary. And what's and the then, status of the podcast? Uh, I don't, I haven't, I quit doing podcasts about two years ago, so I'm not even but doing But you that. may bring it back with Elevator or Go-Go, I'll bet. Maybe, yeah, I could. And with Elevator or Go-Go, Sunday is a free watch party. If you just open Facebook, search Elevator or Go-Go, Hit like, follow, and we start at 4.45 p.m. Central Standard Time. That's Chicago time, right? 
Yeah. Yep. Yep. Hundred percent. Well, buddy, I love you. I miss you. And and uh, you know, um, did I just tell you I love you? And you said thank you. What's that about? Oh, I just you know, it's good to like I said, it's good that everybody's got a microphone again. You know, I hate it when people anybody loses a job. I don't. Same here. I just. Same here. Even if I didn't like you, I don't want you to get fired. Um, And you were going to tell me, uh, before we even went on, there was something weird about your microphone when I picked up the phone. What happened? Oh, no, it's my phone. This is, I've been telling people. Two weeks ago, I was eating, I made a chicken pot pie, and I was eating it, and my phone slipped out and fell into the pot pie, so there's... (laughs) dried chicken gravy in my phone and I I can't I gotta get it fixed but they closed the iStore here you got the new iPhone chicken pot pie version that's fantastic it is it's got dried gravy in it and it's it's the honest to god truth it just sunk into my pot pie well from one grandfather to another uh god bless you man and and my best to your family and thank you for doing this um and everybody it's elevatoragogo.com 445 central time sunday night a watch party that you gotta be a part of for valentine's weekend from valentine texas Yep, and I got a big announcement during it. And Steve, after the after the broadcast, I'd like to come back and tell your audience because yep. it's something they'll want to hear. Hundred percent. All right, buddy. Okay. You're the best. Stay healthy. Thank you, Steve. God bless you, bud. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Each one of these episodes of Live from My Office features a charity, uh, something that is uh, doing good that deserves some free publicity. And in this case, we're just going to take what Kevin talked about in the interview and something very close to Kev. Uh, Brokenmary.com. Go to Brokenmary.com, especially if you're Catholic now. It's going to help you out. Brokenmary.com. And support uh, your church, whatever your church may happen to be. And uh, you can make a donation, I'm sure, of Broken Mary, too. So check that out, brokenmary.com. Also, don't forget the other website we plugged, elevatoragogo.com. I love this idea. It's Kevin Matthews, a freight elevator, and new bands. He loves breaking new bands, and he's doing it again. Uh, and don't forget what he told you about that special viewing party this coming Sunday. And uh, all the details, again, are right there in the interview. So maybe go back and listen to it, check it for punctuation, and drop me an email and let me know how we did. Because your email is going to get you that apt gift card from the game that we played. It's a hot game. It's sweeping the nation. Did Kev do that? We didn't even run out of all the ways the loop uh, stars broke the law. So uh, we'll play it again, I'm sure. But in the meantime, just uh, drop me an email and say, I heard Kev play. Did Kev do that with Steve Cochran? Any frame of that? Make sure your mailing address is in there, and the first five emailers are going to get an apt gift card from our friends at Apt Electronics, pleasing people since, well, I mean, a long time ago. Thank you, Kev. Thank you, Ross Cochran, for putting this all together, as always. And thank you to all you Kev heads who dropped by. Don't forget, he's back next week, but subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen. You're never going to miss an episode, and we'll see you next time on Live from My Office. I'm Steve Cochran. Good morning, good afternoon, or good night. 30 years plus on the airwaves. You have turned your dial to me. Now you're tuned into my podcast. 
It's live from my office, Steve. From Ithaca, New York, to Carolina South, W. Cochran, Steve. From Minneapolis, and then Chicago twice, top-rated shows achieved. Sit back, relax, and now listen to my show. When or wherever you are, cause you're on the go. A-list celebs with some laughs and great info. Live from my office, the Steve Cochran Podcast Show. Yeah, 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 yeah. No better place to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. Subscribe and like for free. glad you're with me it's live from my office Steve. thank you for listening to live from my office a service of monkey run productions all rights reserved the podcast is hosted by steve cochran and it's mixed edited and produced by me ross cochran support the show by subscribing wherever you're listening and by telling your friends about it follow steve on all social media channels including facebook instagram twitter and linkedin And make sure you check out this episode's show notes for relevant information discussed during the conversations. You can also email the show directly at thecochranshow at gmail.com with any questions or comments. And that's the best place to tell us about your favorite nonprofit so we can make sure we mention them on the next episode. Steve is available for corporate speaking gigs. He would love to emcee your event. And occasionally, he's funny. Thank you for listening. Head to CochranShow.com for more.